0: We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k, make sure it keeps
1: working for you. A Fidelity rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. An easy to follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access
2: to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com rollover. Consider all your
0: options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. All right. Welcome to Bet the Edge on Thursday, October 6th. Thanks everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. I'm Jay Croucher, joined with Drew Dinsick, the whale capper. How are you, Drew?
2: I am well. Excited for a Thursday night football game that I think a lot of other people have kind of yawned at. This is meaningful for these two teams. I don't think this is a yawn at all. Like, this is going to be high stakes tonight, basically... I mean, the Broncos aren't done-done if they lose, but to the degree that this has a loser-leaves-town feel to it, I love these type of games. Do you love watching Matt Ryan in primetime? I uh, you like uh... watching Russell Wilson, this version of Russell Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> AJ, let me, let me ask you to remember for me for a second. Go back in your, in your memory bank. Okay. When was the last primetime Russell Wilson game where you were bored? It's true. That's a he trick does, question. Uh, there has never been yeah. one. <laughs> it has not ever happened. He only puts together entertaining primetime, even in the sixteen to seventeen loss in Monday Night Football Week One. That was one of the most wild kind of collective. Everybody tweeting us out, out like crazy at the end of that game. Like it just whatever happens, you put Russell Russell Wilson in primetime, and and we get Twitter magic. So I'm excited for this. You know, thinking about
0: that game, uh, at the time, I think we were both low on Nathaniel Hackett's decision to kick the 64-yarder. I flipped. (laughs) I think he made the right call because he knew that McManus had the leg because he got to see the kick that got iced, first of all. And he knew he had the leg from warm-ups as well. And he made the distance. So um, I'm actually on board, Nathaniel Hackett. An underrated genius. Underrated
2: right. genius, yes. It's yeah, probably a little stronger. Also, I think maybe he had a better read on what the true probability of Russell Wilson converting that fourth down was, <laughs> which yeah, might also exactly. have been a lot lower than we all assumed. Exactly. I'm all for
0: it. All right. Today, we're going to break down this Colts-Broncos game. Uh, we're going to look at it from the angle of the Colts and some of their futures markets and then the Broncos, and then we'll discuss the line, the total, and a lot of associated props. I have a Mo Cox lane. And also Matt Ryan in rushing lean, uh, which we'll get into. But first, let's talk about the Colts. So, certainly one of the most underwhelming teams in the yeah. league this year. Uh, they were kind of the darling of the NFL in the back half of last season, as Jonathan Taylor asserted himself as the best running back in the sport. They were the clear favorites. I mean, they were, yeah, they were red odds to win the AFC South coming into yeah. the season. And uh, it hasn't gone great uh, so far for Indianapolis. One win, uh, one tie, and then two losses in the division uh, to the Titans and Jags, which I think is going to be pretty relevant uh, when we get to tiebreaker season towards the end of the year. Are there any angles on the Colts in futures markets that interest you, Drew, in terms of plus 130 make playoffs, minus 155 miss, plus 190 for the division? Thirty to one to win the AFC, which I wouldn't touch. Any of those of interest.
2: It's not any. It's not. There's no kind of long shot case, even though they're in one of the weak, if not the weakest, one of the weakest divisions in all of football. Um, at one and three, a win here takes them to two and three, and you know, assuming that the, the Jags take care of business, I'm knocking on wood here for all my Jags futures. Assuming the Jags take care of business, they still only going to be one game behind the Jags, albeit with a head to head loss. All that said, um, the Matt Ryan experience has been ex- like so far below what was promised that it is pretty straightforward to see why the market has cooled so substantially on these guys. You mentioned they went off as a red number from memory. I think they were about e pick them odds when we saw you know, got news that the Matt Ryan was going to be their quarterback. And then over the balance of the preseason, you know, the off- the rest of the offseason and the preseason. They, it was just one way stampede. Everyone was hot on this Colts team. People were making a case for them to win the AFC, win the Super Bowl. And I think they closed week one, maybe minus 150. Like that was a very meaningful, meaningful, uh, you know, kind of, a, you know, impet you know, market confirmation that this team was going to be for real. Uh, and it just hasn't even come close to manifest so far. I think uh, we're looking at the graph now, it got as high as minus 200. Yeah, yeah. Like that's in hindsight, it seems like they were, you know, there was all there was just way too much confidence that Matt Ryan was going to have one more year of outstanding play. Um, And in reality, that has been the exception, not the rule. Tom Brady is the only guy you could point to who has gone from, uh, you know, at, at a later stage in his career has changed teams and in year one was just, you know, world beating. And I, Matt Ryan is not Tom Brady. Uh, so this is, you know, should, you know, a little bit of growing pains should have been expected. The Colts do this every year where they start a little bit of slow. Um, but I think the key thing even beyond Matt Ryan underperforming is the supporting cast has been extremely disappointing. Jonathan Taylor is injured the, you know, for tonight's game, but even outside of the injury has had Relatively little say in terms of win loss for this team so far this season, uh, and the offensive line has been bottom five. If you're being generous, uh, defense has clear poles and you know specific spots that you can pick on them, take advantage of them. They haven't had their best player, in Shaq Leonard for all but a handful of plays. So it's you know there's this is a a, a very very challenging handicap because there are a lot of teams who have not lived up to their preseason prior. And you still have to have that in the back of your head that they could get there. But the Colts are the one team where I feel like you have to make a true, clear, obvious adjustment down, even if you weren't especially high on this team because it's just the rest of the pieces aren't really playing up to their true talent, as far as I can tell you. Yeah, right now the Indianapolis Colts are the worst
0: team in the NFL by DVOA. 32nd, which is incredible. <laughs> I uh, I had a ticket on... Um, Jason Tatum at 15 to 1 finals MVP into the Colts at plus 110 to win the division and uh I was furious at Jason Tatum's no show turns out it didn't matter at all because uh, <laughs> Colts don't look like they're going to win the division minus 155 to miss the playoffs if you just if you're looking at that as like the no side of them to win the division is a little yeah. bit interesting but at the same time There still is potential. There was a reason that they were red odds to win the division coming into this. But, I mean, the thing with the Colts is that the offensive line hasn't been good for two years now. And everyone thinks that it's still the same unit that uh, was there for Andrew Luck's last full season, where it was just about the best offensive line in football. It's not that anymore. It's not close. That's what made Jonathan Taylor's season last year so insane, is that outside of Quinton Nelson, who was banged up, And then Braden Smith, like there just wasn't that much there. Uh, And it's been even worse this season. And the defense, I mean, they're good at stopping the run, which uh, in the NFL in 2022 doesn't really matter that much. Um, Certainly as much as stopping the pass where they've had huge issues. So I don't know. I wouldn't completely give up on the Colts just because uh, they do have a strong amount of talent. They should get better. I think that this 10-day break after this Thursday night game is going to be a good reset for their season, but at the same time, if they lose this game, then they're They've got one win through five games. And I think the Jags are, it sounds ridiculous, but I think the Jags are a team that's good enough to potentially run away with the division yeah. uh, if they don't keep touch. And mm-hmm. and the tie break, I guess it doesn't matter as much because they have a tie. Um, but at the same point, uh, it's not not good to be dropping two games to your chief rivals and they're uh, doing it in very insipid fashion. All right, before we get into the Broncos, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, Go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and Ravens in our Sunday Night 7 contest.
1: The path to retirement is different for everyone and as life changes, so do priorities. Fidelity can help you get where you want to go. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement, whether you're saving for it or already living in it. Get started at fidelity.com slash take on expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity brokerage services member NYSE SIPC.
2: This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited. Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the points bet website for more details. Gambling problem in Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call one 800 with it in Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www1800 800 gambler Gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 877 8 Hope, New York, or text Hope NY 467 369 in New York. All right, let's get into my hometown,
0: Denver Broncos. Uh, It's another strange, uneven season. Uh, I think that had they stolen that win against the Raiders, it would have been a fairly fraudulent three and one. But at the same time, two and two a game back for the division. Some of their futures odds at the moment, they're effectively a coin flip to make the playoffs, plus 100 or even money the yes and minus 120 the no, uh, plus 550 to win the AFC West, which I'm not super interested in, uh, and then 17 to one to win the AFC. Now, do you see any hidden upside with the Broncos that makes them interesting as a long shot AFC candidate?
2: It's, this is the r- toughest team for me to put a f- very specific point on in terms of what to expect from here out. Because the, the fundamental case for being strong, you know, being bullish about the Broncos coming into the season was that you were going to have synergy between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson potentially. Russell Wilson was now outside of this organization that was somehow, some way limiting him by the way that they schemed their offense. And, you know, there was potentially going to be a a career resurgence for for this, uh, you know, for this quarterback. And, you know, he's not as old as Matt Ryan. He's not as, uh, you know, he hasn't had as significant a time passage between when we have seen MVP level play and you know his current uh taking the snap so it's it seemed plausible that he was going to have some high highs this season that could threaten for the AFC West and you know definitely had the Broncos in the playoff picture however rather than getting synergy between coach and quarterback in Denver it's been much more of a the coach is sort of letting Russell Wilson run the offense, for a lack of a better way of describing it, as far as an outsider's perspective, um, and that's a problem because Hackett looks like he's in over his head. He is calling, you know, plays for the first time since he was the offensive coordinator in Jacksonville back in 2018, uh, and he is also has you know the roles and responsibilities of a head coach on a team that you know has a lot of moving parts, injured players trying to figure things out that aren't, you know, that are, and aren't working. And, uh, you know, Hackett has to this point through his head coaching career proven to be not up to the task. Uh, and so, you know, if, if all of the eggs are in the basket of Russell Wilson's going to figure this out, um, I'm not there. And so, You look at the performances we've seen from them this season. It's been uneven, particularly on the offensive side of the ball through three weeks. People were still rating this defense as sort of a top five unit. I am definitely not there, particularly with the injuries they have sustained. Uh, Right now, market has this as the 10th best defense in the NFL. I'm at about 17 for them. Uh, And so I think realistically, I mean, you know, the, the three good performances they had, it was, you know, they had week one against Seattle, where it was a pretty lopsided between first half and second half week two. Congratulations! You held the um, the Texans to a low total. Well done. Um, and then week three, Jimmy G and no, you know, with no tackle for half the game, uh, you were able to keep them under twenty points. Congratulations! Like last week against the Raiders, uh, you know, the Raiders were able to kind of run the ball without with impunity against this team. Uh, and I think the loss of Simmons, the loss of Randy Gregory, uh, and some of the other kind of key players, you know, this is just all of a sudden a team depth chart that doesn't look nearly as talented as what is being rated by the market um so i think ultimately the denver defense could be uh you know put russ in the offense in situations where they're going to have to score into the 20s uh if they're going to win games and i think that's going to be uh, a little bit of an uncertain a little bit of a roller coaster some weeks they'll do it when the matchup is good they'll do it the matchup may be good for them tonight and they could do it um, but there's definitely going to be some other opportunities where we see games that look like the Raiders game where the other team comes in. They have a good offensive approach. They hang 30. And then, you know, Raiders, you know, the Broncos are sitting there scratching their heads like, well, I, well what went wrong? We should have won this game. Yeah, they just
0: they seem like the definitional midpoint team at the moment. They're 15th in DVOA, which feels about right. They're like the 15th best team in the NFL, which doesn't get you too far. I do think it is Concerning as well, the fact that Max Crosby devoured that offensive line, which was supposed to be potentially a strength, and now it looks like a a midpoint offensive line, and it's a midpoint defense. Uh, and that the ceiling entirely comes from Russell Wilson getting back to, you know, the guy who was uh in 2019 was close to even money for MVP at one point before it became the Lamar Jackson show. So that's their ceiling, and yeah, there just doesn't there doesn't seem to be that much there outside of just hoping that Russell Wilson is going to be something that he hasn't been now in two years, because Russell wasn't great last year either, uh, and he's got worse weapons in Denver, arguably, than he did in Seattle. Uh, and we're seeing what what Geno Smith is doing in that Seattle offense, and uh, and maybe Russell, it wasn't so much... Well, it was clearly Russell, was he? he was clearly an excellent quarterback, but maybe he had a bit more help than... People gave him credit. Um, I do think that the Broncos' schedule in the back end of the season as well is something to be very concerned about. If the idea is that you know they're taking time to gel before uh, really kind of finding their stride, well, their stride is going to have to come uh, in the final six weeks that goes at Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona, at the Rams, at Kansas City, charges. So that's Jeez. about as hard as it gets to get basically four games against teams that could see themselves as potential one seeds. And then the Rams who for as bad as they are at the moment, they still have upside. Uh, So that is going to be very difficult. I think that minus minus one hundred and twenty to miss the playoffs is probably a bet. Uh, I think it's close, but I would definitely take that before backing even money on them to make the playoffs. All right, before we get into the game tonight and the line and the total and some player props, if you want more betting, DFS, and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune in to the NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Lawrence Jackson, and Kyle Dvorakic answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Colts and the Broncos. All right, Drew, the line right now is Broncos minus 3.5. The wow. look ahead was 2.5, so that is ticked up, and the total is 42 and a half. Jonathan Taylor is out. Firstly, before get your lean on the game, does Jonathan Taylor affect the line at all for you right now?
2: Uh, It would influence me to make a play. Yeah. (laughs) But does it really affect the line? Uh, So Jonathan Taylor in the running scheme has been such a kind of a bugaboo for the Colts. Uh, And if you can kind of pinpoint, has there been any quarter where the offense for the Colts has kind of looked, oh, they kind of fi- have some, you know, look like they have some, you know, uh, uh, idea of what they want to do, some vision, some, uh, some, cl- some clean, uh, you know, snaps. It was the fourth quarter of the game against the Titans when it was, you know, they were in comeback mode. It was past heavy. They were running some pretty, I thought some pretty decent uh, routes, drought trees. Matt Ryan finally was, uh, you know, getting the ball out of his hand more quickly instead of waiting for the play to develop, which is important because his pass blocking is weak um so i think you know the idea now that you take you know the safety blanket away and indianapolis comes in with maybe a more pass heavy approach generally and a more hey let's get the ball out of his hands quickly let's do a little bit try to develop a little rhythm offense here that does lean in my opinion to an over here rather than what we've seen with the market which has gone hard to the under um, the defensive injuries I mentioned for the Broncos, I think are kind of being a little bit overlooked. Um, you know, certainly the idea that Grandy Gregory was part of a two man, you know, very dynamic pass rush with Bradley Chubb. Well, he's on IR. He will not be out there playing here. And, you know, they don't really have a ton of other, uh, especially strong, uh, talent in that linebacking core, so it's to me at least this uh, could set up for Indianapolis to look a little bit better offensively, even in the absence of what can be argued as their most important player on offense. Um, yeah. But it's mostly just because, to this point in the season, every Jonathan Taylor handoff was a minus EV play. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's incredible they have the the worst rushing offense in the NFL, and they have. Arguably the best running back. And I think that Taylor is still, I still think he's worth half a point to the line just because of the attention that he gathers. And it's the same thing when Derrick Henry went down. So yeah, Derrick Henry's rushing plays last year weren't super efficient and certainly not as efficient as they were in years prior, but. The value of Henry is not so much that he's running at four yards a pop. It's that he's unlocking Ryan Tannehill to be the best play-action passer just about in the NFL. And the Colts certainly haven't leveraged that to the extent that you would have hoped uh, with Matt Ryan. But at the same time, I think Taylor out does hurt them, makes them more one-dimensional. But at the same time, if they're just going to be running him what was Taylor last week? 20 carries for around 40 yards? Like, it was absurd. And so just by virtue of turning those plays into something else, there should be more efficiency for this offense against the Denver defense that is, yeah, midpoint in the league. And I do think that... You know, Michael Pittman, a lot of the Colts numbers are skewed by that Jacksonville shutout where Michael Pittman wasn't there. And if Michael Pittman is not on the field, then this is the worst offense in the league or pretty close yes. just because there's there's no, it's the Ashton Doolin show. It's Mo Ali cox like the Alec Pierce. like there's just nothing there. So I do think with Pittman there and throwing the ball more, there is a path to an over. But two markets that I like the most, Drew, a couple of player props, uh, Matt Ryan. Over one and a half rushing yards, uh, which is very, which is a very small number. He's gone over in nine of the past 11. I think that without Taylor, maybe they're more likely to sneak on short yardage. Uh, So that's one that I like. And then the aforementioned, the great Ali Cox uh, is, uh, (laughs) is is receiving over under a set at 18 and a half. Uh, So it's ticked up to 20 and a half now. I still like the over. He's gone over five of his past seven, 86 yards last week. I do think they will be passing more. Now, before I throw to you on some player props, we've got a couple of viewer questions uh, that have popped up. Uh, So thoughts on Russ tonight? Uh, I mean, the Colts, the, the Colts pass defense has been atrocious. So I think that if this is the game for Russ, I mean, his passing yards is set at, 230.5 230.5 and there's no Javante Williams so I'd be leaning the over there and if it's under then Denver's got bigger problems.
2: Yeah we agree. Um, the in general, a Gus Bradley defense on the other side of the field, I'm looking for a solid quarterback performance. Uh, and then you add in the mix that, you know, relatively weak pass rush now with all the injuries that the Colts are, are dealing with. I do not expect full, uh, you know, full snaps, full effectiveness from DeForest Buckner. Taekwon Lewis is going to be missing. Shaq Leonard, we mentioned is going to be out. Julian Blackman, I think is uh, probably not going to be available. So you're going to have a lot of second stringers out there on a short week. Uh, Russ should be able to at least flex a little bit in this contest um but uh again like he's doing it himself and it he to this point in the season it has been much harder than he anticipated from what i can glean
0: yeah no i like that look um and then we have a second question which is around michael Pittman anytime touchdown score which is it's plus 200 which is pretty high for a clear number one wide receiver and also uh, I, got, I think Michael Pittman is one of the 12, 15 best wide receivers in the game on talent, um, given the numbers he's been able to put up with Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Now, uh, Denver's only allowed one touchdown to a wide receiver through four games, but at the same time, like, like Davis Mills is quarterback. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo having one of the worst games that I've seen from uh, Jimmy, and then... Uh, and then Geno Smith uh, in the great Geno Smith in week one. So that was pretty good to keep uh, Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf relatively quiet. Uh, I mean, Pittman is, is definitely the wide receiver that you would want um, in terms of a bet on any time touchdown on the Colts side. Uh, yeah. Are there any other props that you like, Drew, in this game?
2: I'm a Pittman fan in general. Uh, I think he is going to draw one, he's going to draw a lot of man coverage by um, Pat Sertan Jr. And Pat Sertan is getting a lot of glow for sort of having an expected breakout season. However, Pittman is really, really, really good at busting man. Uh, I think he's going to have a decent game here. And in general, I'm just high on Pittman. So uh, I like that look for a 10 touchdown. Uh, I think it is absolutely delightful that we it it is a weekday. It's the fall. And you went straight for some action. With a Mo Alley-Cox <laughs> over, uh, yes. absolutely awesome. Uh, I will back that and ride with you for Mo Alley-Cox. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just in general, I think this is going to be an over-funnish game. Over 42 is a small stake for me. This is probably my weakest bet of all of it. I think I bet eight plays, sides in total, four sides, four total so far this week. This is the one I'm just kind of fun money as opposed to really taking a significant position in. Um, but uh, at 42 right now, I think the the, the, the selling of um, you know, both of these offenses has gone too far considering some of the defensive injuries that we're looking at. And, and again, like the fact that both starting running backs are missing, that means more passing. Yep. And yes, more passing could mean lots of incompletions, but you know what happens when you have an incompleted pass, Jay? The clock stops. And (laughs) so realistically, like this is still, there should be more drives in this game than the market is anticipating. And if it ends up being a sack fest, then I will be very surprised just because the only good pass rush in this game is going to be Bradley Chubb. So, um, you know, I, am I'm hopeful that uh, the Colts come out and give you a full heart perform. This season's online for them. Like get that, get us. They, if they can get us to 24 points, Pittman, get Pittman in the end zone, get Mac in the end zone. Uh, I think we're going to be feeling pretty good about an over 42. Yep. Moelle Cox, plus
0: 1,700, first touchdown scorer. There you go. Uh, I would lean the overs for both of the quarterbacks in terms of passing yards. They both have 230 and a half as their line. Just lastly, on the line, if you have to make a pick, three and a half, I would lean Colts plus three and a half, reluctantly, but uh, no heavy, no heavy. It's not a. It's not a Seattle plus five and a half New Orleans, situation. <laughs> uh, but I would skew towards Indianapolis uh, getting the points. Yeah, be es- with me though
2: Especially if you're if you're in like a pick'em contest where there's no juice involved and you can get three and a half. Don't overthink it. That's the side. Um, Market Makers, uh, Chris is is at three minus 115 Uh, for the Broncos. Some of the other kind of shops are hanging. They're all trending that way. Everybody's trending towards a flat three here. So if you can get a three and a half, then uh, I would put that in your pocket. Yep. I like that. Okay. Before we go, for all you
0: baseball bettors out there, make sure to check out the Circling the Bases podcast later tonight. DJ Short, Drew Silver, Chris Crawford, and Colin Henderson will preview the postseason and wrap in some of their favorite wages as Major League Baseball prepares for wild card round Friday. I will be there tomorrow night, City Field, Jacob DeGrom. Unfortunately, cheering against him because I have a Padres ticket. But uh, there you go. All right, that's it for us. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. From Jay Crouch and Jude Dinsick, we'll be back tomorrow.